And a very good morning to you again, church. Great to be with you today. And it's my privilege as always to be able to share with you the Word of God. It's just such a privilege to open this book and to know that these are the words of the living God. It's day 52, if you didn't know. And uh, if you're anything like me, you're probably saying it's getting a bit long now. But I just think back to the promise that we see in one in Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, which says, No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So let's not give up. Let's not lose hope. Let's find a promise and just say yes, amen in Christ to that and continue to trust that he is uh, seeing us through this even when it looks like we can't perhaps see him. Let's continue to pray for one another and especially those that we know are uh, in lockdown, in sickness, in hospital, etc. That we would just continue to pray for one another, lift one another up and find every opportunity we can to encourage one another. Today we're going to continue our breeze through the minor prophets and once again they are only minor because there is less writing. They are certainly... Uh, prophets that pack a major punch, and we've already had a look at three. Today we're going to have a look at perhaps the best known one, at least to children. Uh, we're going to have a look at some lessons from Jonah. I love Jonah. He's uh, full of excitement, full of humanity, uh, full of sometimes who I am, a spoiled little brat before God, but uh, we can learn a lot from this prophet the author we know is Jonah. His name means the dove. And I was sitting outside the other evening watching some doves just flitting from here to there. And I thought about Jonah. Perhaps that was uh, aptly named the dove because he was supposed to be going there and he flitted to there and ended up in a whole bunch of trouble. We read that he is the son of Amittai, a prophet from Galilee in the northern kingdom of Israel. And he's connected with the reign of Jeroboam II. Uh, and we, we presume this took place round about 780 before Christ. Jonah ministered after the time of Elisha and just before the time of Amos and Hosea. So now you know more or less where he fits. Jonah is the only prophet in the Old Testament that God told to preach to a Gentile city. And not just any Gentile city, but the people of Nineveh. Now, Nineveh has, uh, was an Assyrian city. And we know something about the Assyrians. Extremely cruel towards Israel, causing them a tremendous amount of problem. To top of it all, uh, Nineveh was about... 1,300 kilometers away from where Jonah was. So you can imagine it was a major mission that God had sent him on. And on top of that, God sends him to these Gentiles, these brutal, ruthful, ruthless Gentiles. So we're going to read some selected verses as we unfold the story. It's a very short book. I invite you to go and sit down and read it. You can read the whole thing in 10 minutes. But just follow along in your Bibles as I read a couple verses and then share with you a few lessons that we can learn today. Jonah chapter 1 from verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Verse 2, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach 
against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Just imagine Jonah right now. God tells him to go to this brutal Gentile city and to preach against it. He hasn't got a nice message, a message of everything's going to be wonderful, you know. He's got a message of God's judgment against this brutal people. Verse 3 starts, but. Now, when you see a but in the Bible, it's either going to lead into a whole lot of good stuff or it's going to lead a whole lot of bad stuff. In this case, it's a whole lot of bad stuff. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. He was running away and it was costing him money to run away. He was doing everything possible to get away from God. This blatant rebellion we know leads Jonah to a not so fun boat ride. <laughs> a bad storm happens and um, to make a long story short they toss him overboard uh, because he's told them that way the storm will end. God sends a large fish to swallow him and he basically spends three days inside where he repents and declares his obedience to God. And we know the story to be true and not just to be some fairy tale because even Jesus in the New Testament refers to Jonah spending three days and three nights as Jesus himself would. Then we see Jonah getting spat out onto dry land and God commissions him again. And let's go to chapter 3 now and we're going to read from verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message that I give you. Jonah obeyed. There's no but this time. <laughs> I think that little boat ride and his journey in the mouth, in the belly of the whale or the big fish was enough to sort him out. Verse 3 says, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city and a visit required three days. Down to verse 5, the Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. Here we read the first ever Gentile revival in the scripture. Now one would expect everyone would be rejoicing in God's kindness and goodness towards this now unwicked city. Well, everybody was, except the dove, Jonah. He went into sulk mode, not appreciating God's mercy upon the people. In fact, he's angry at God. Chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Jonah was greatly displeased. In fact, it starts with a but, and it's a bad but. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. Verse 2, he prayed to the Lord, O oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. 
You can just imagine Jonah stamping his feet, throwing a tantrum, stamping his feet and his beating his fists on the ground, telling God, I told you so. This is why I didn't want to do what you told me to do, because I knew what you were going to do. Bah, 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 bah. Old Jonah have his, having his little session there. We know the rest of the story. God provides a vine for shade for Jonah. Again, God's not coming and, and taking him out like perhaps we would have done or we think God should have done. Ungrateful little squirt. God provides a vine for shade for Jonah. And then a worm eats that and Jonah's really livid. He's again angry enough to die. From verse 9 he says, But God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. And in verse 10, the Lord said, You've been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it, or you did not make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their left hand, right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And that's where the story ends. We actually don't know what transpired next, if anything transpired next, and we left kind of wondering, you know, did Jonah catch a wake-up to what God was actually saying? Anyway, let's not worry about what we don't know. Let's look at some lessons that we can learn today. And I know there are lots of lessons, perhaps many that you've heard many times before. But this morning, I'll just share these few with you. Number one, there will be times that God moves you out of your comfort zone. Did you get that? There will be times in your life when God moves you from your comfort zone. For Jonah, it was to move from his home and to preach to a Gentile city, which he had never done before, and a Gentile city, which happened to be their arch enemy, Nochal. <laughs> For us, perhaps at this stage, it's called lockdown. Sometimes God moves us out of a place to see a greater level of breakthrough for ourselves and perhaps for others. For Jonah, a whole city was waiting to repent. But for that to happen, he would have to leave his comfort zone and he would have to do what God told him to do. See, God sometimes asks us to step out or to step up. And it's seldom easy or fun, but at the end of it, his purposes will always prevail. So perhaps, and I speak now to myself, instead of us complaining and moaning about how long this is taking, maybe we should rather pause to ask the Holy Spirit, is there something we should be doing? We definitely have moved out of our comfort zones. We've definitely been moved into territory we know nothing about. But Lord, is there something you want us to do? And if there is, then I advise you to do it. 
See, there are going to be times that God moves us. There are going to be times that he rattles our cages. And it's how we respond to those times that's important. And that's what Jonah teaches us. Our second lesson today, just some advice, is don't try to run away. (laughs) Don't try to run away. If God has marked you for his purposes, don't try to duck and dive. It'll always end badly. Jonah simply doesn't want to go to Nineveh. He decides the best thing to do is to leave Israel and go in the opposite direction to Tarshish, probably somewhere near Spain. I mean, he was just, he was just getting away and he paid to do it as well. Not a clever move at all. But we're just like Jonah, aren't we? We know we must do this. We know we must do this. So we try and run away from God to go and do that instead. Friends, it's just never going to work out. You can try to hide, to move, to run away, either physically or emotionally, but it's always going to be a waste of time. If God has moved you out of your comfort zone, the advice is this. Don't try to run away. David in Psalm 139, he says these words, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around you, even the darkness will not be dark as to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. David writing in that psalm just makes this point very clear. I can't hide from you. It's a wonderful thing, but I can't escape. I can't get away. Wherever I go, you are there. So if only Jonah could have known this, he could have saved himself some serious detours. Are you running today? Are you perhaps trying to hide from God's purposes from your life, for your life? I want to encourage you. Use lockdown as a reason to do what God has called you to do, as opposed to as an excuse to running away from what God has got for you. Take some advice from Jonah. Don't try to run away. The next point, next lesson we can learn, is that disobedience destroys our peace. Disobedience destroys our peace. In Jonah's case, It was obvious. His peace was exchanged with a violent, no ending, no end in sight storm. Other people's lives were at stake. He eventually owns up and they take him and toss him overboard, given time to reflect. See, disobedience will always result in a storm. It always destroys our peace. Friends, if you are disobedient to God, it always results in a storm. 
If we claim Jesus as Lord, it means we do what he wants. And it means we don't do what he doesn't want. There's no democracy here. It's his way or no way. So Jonah found out. COVID-19 has caused serious fear globally. And I'm not kind of surprised if this whole thing is a purposeful comfort mover uh, from God for us all. Uh, wake-up time. See, it's our time to shine as believers. Why do I say this? Well, Jesus said in John 14, Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's only possible when we're walking in obedience and keeping control of our fear is part of that obedience. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. That's a command from God. And if you're going to not obey that command, expect a storm. Expect not to be walking in the peace of God at this time. Isaiah 32 verse 17 says, The fruit of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. I know some of you are going to want to look up that verse. It's Isaiah 32 verse 17. The fruit of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. Even in COVID-19, even in lockdown, yes, absolutely. See, disobedience destroys our peace. But as we walk close to the heart of God, we can know the effect of that righteousness is quietness and confidence in the face and in the midst of the storm. Well, the last little lesson this morning from Jonah is that repentance requires seeing things from God's perspective. Just found it interesting, Jonah's whole journey, uh, how he ends up in the whale or the fish, and how he repents. Uh, then he do, does what God wants him to do, but then gets upset because God acts differently to what he wanted to. He wanted, Jonah wanted God to do. It's crazy. We have to kind of question Jonah's repentance, and our own sometimes, which is why I'm saying repentance requires seeing things from God's perspective. It means taking the whole package, the whole of God's package, swapping my stuff and taking on God's stuff. We dare not repent half, which I think is what Jonah actually did. He was sorry he hadn't obeyed God, but his obedience came with a condition. I'll go preach against Nineveh, but then you've got to do what you said. He missed a bit about God being merciful. It's not that he didn't suspect it, because we read earlier, he says, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. In other words... I suspected you might pull a stunt like this. That's why I didn't want to obey. 
Repentance requires the entire package. Seeing things from God's perspective. We need to surrender to his plan and to his will in all things. So friends, as I com conclude today, let me just remind you of those four little lessons we can learn from Jonah. Right here in the midst of lockdown. Number one, there will be times that God moves you from your comfort zone. Number two, some good advice. Don't try to run away. Number three, disobedience will always create a storm and destroy your peace. And number four, when we repent, see things from God's perspective. Take the whole package. Let's swap our wickedness and our sin and our everything for his beauty and his life and his forgiveness and his all. There's another minor prophet, Jonah, with a major message for each one of us. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you this morning that we've been able to learn some more lessons from your prophets, from Jonah particularly. Thank you for this wonderful story, the story of uh, being moved out of his place of comfort, the story of him trying to run away and its consequences, the story of, of the fact that peace is only available in our walking in righteousness with you. And Lord, just teaching us again that repentance is about taking your whole package. And I thank you for that. Thank you for these lessons. And Lord, as we consider the many people who are uh, locked down, the many people again who are lonely, and those who might be ill, those amongst our own number, Lord, I can think of several right now. We would pray for them. We pray that you would remove from their hearts and their minds all fears and all concerns, all worries of, of everything, and that instead that they would know that lasting quietness, lasting peace, because they know you. You have promised you will keep us in perfect peace, those whose minds are steadfast on you. So, Lord, we want to say thank you. We want to bless you for provision. We want to bless you for small mercies and big mercies. We want to say thank you, Lord. We trust you. We honor you. We bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen.